Hey everybody, welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown. Todd Mitchell here with the second stop on my virtual book tour. Inside Video Game Creation is out now on Amazon. In this episode, I jumped on a call with some friends from Podcast vs. Player, so we could do an episode of the uh, PvP podcast together. I jumped in for a segment where we talked about game industry stuff, some interviews. Uh, interestingly enough, we talked about some stuff that was not in the book, but uh, it was a great opportunity to go over some sort of game industry issues, from especially from player perspectives and people who do sort of um, geek culture fun stuff, which I love because that's how I got into podcasting and, you know, sort of the indirect route that led me here. So it was a lot of fun. These guys are super entertaining. If you didn't know about their stuff, the best thing that could come from this is for you to learn about what they do and make their uh, very funny, very entertaining content part of your day. So check it out. Just a short teaser here. And of course, you can check out their full show, their website and everything else in the show notes and uh, check it out and enjoy. Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. I was bluer than a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundromat was my sanctuary, the arcade was my church. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Player. Thank you very much for being here today. We're absolutely honoured and uh, just generally happy to have you on. It's lovely to have a, a fellow podcaster on. Certainly one from across the pond. So hello to you. Hi, thank you uh, so much for doing this. I was very excited you were among the very first people I talked to about uh, sitting in. So thanks for having me on. Oh, God. <laughs> you can I go mean, back again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, off that, that that's fine. You, anytime you need anything from us, it, I don't care if it's in Missouri or Manchester, I don't care. We'll be there. <laughs> you got it. Nice. Um, <laughs> But there is, there is a, obviously a very good reason that we wanted to uh, have you on today and something that we're very excited for you to talk about with us a little bit as well. And that's your book. You've yes. got a, a book coming out, Inside Video Game Creation. So first things first, it's a, uh, it's a kind of a, a list of interviews, really, isn't it, with, with people from varying degrees of success, if you want to put it that way, or popularity maybe within the video game industry and development world. Um, how did that come to be? Yeah, that's, uh, first of all, that's a decent way to kind of look at it. Basically what the situation is, is I run a podcast of my own called Game Dev Breakdown and I speak with, it, the, the gist of the show is it's Game Dev Talk. So, you mm. know, we set aside an hour, I have people on as often as I can and we just talk about what they do, whether that is that they're an indie developer or they work for a giant AAA studio. I've spoken with other authors uh, in the industry, uh, journalists, anybody who sort of does what they do in this space. I love to hear their stories, how they got into it. And the book is a collection of, I picked, you know, 11 or 12 people to talk to and get their stories sort of captured in more of a condensed sort of uh, experience in each chapter. Mm. And uh, it's a Q&A style interview in each chapter. Uh, my question, their answers, and it sort of captures a sort of a picture of the video game landscape of right now. So, um, and, and also there's some good historical stuff as well. We talked to one person who was 
way back from the Lucasfilm games days. And uh, I did see that, yeah. All the, the way up Arts, through yeah. Borderlands 3. So, yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah, well, this is actually um, one of the interviews that I did see that you've done on your your own YouTube channel, which is uh, Game Dev Breakdown with, uh, on YouTube, if anyone wants to go and have a look at that, obviously. Um, it was um, with a, a guy called Max Pears. Yes. Um, uh, I did a bit of research on him just to sort of see, because obviously I suppose the biggest thing that he's working on at the moment is Cyberpunk, which is right. you know huge from all elements of the, the industry. Um, but his his own personal portfolio, it showed him starting with a game called Truck License Two, which I've never heard of. And I, <laughs> right, I can't imagine there's a huge amount of people that have. Right, um, working into another small indie uh, company, then going straight into the Division, and then from the Division into Cyberpunk, and it just seemed wow. like you know a huge jump in terms of what he's actually contributing and what teams he was going to be working with. Is that something that through your kind of interviews and discussing this with people within the industry, is that fairly typical? <laughs> it's a good question because I come from a, an area in the U S where we do not have a strong industry presence whatsoever. So I knew I wanted to make games when I was 12 years old, as soon as I realized hmm. someone made them. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I got through college and I didn't really want to pick up and move so entry stories into the industry have always fascinated me. That might be sort of a foundation for what I ended up doing here. And because I never really got to do it, I, I had to go it alone and do my own indie games and stuff, which was fine. I, I wouldn't mm. trade it now, but yeah, stories like that fascinate me and they all sound so different. Uh, Max Pears is an interesting guy cause he's a, a great designer he is an author of a design book of his own. He runs the uh, level design yeah, combat lobby. mechanics, I think it was, wasn't it? How to combat yeah. mechanics, something like that. Yeah, designing designing that. combat. He's starting a, a series yeah. of books, yeah. And uh, also does the level design lobby podcast. So, you know, people can check him out there. But <laughs> it was an interesting discussion because I didn't want to sound like how did you get to do this? You know, he's, he's a very talented, very smart guy. Yeah, right? I get it. It's, it's such a leap. Like, I mean, it right. must be a testament to his, his talent, clearly. You know, I, I can't imagine that everyone gets such a break. The progression was meteoric for him, and I'm glad to say he seems to have risen to the challenge. I mean, a lot of us would have sunk like a rock in that situation, I think. So he well, did great. Yeah, I mean, given the, 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 the kind of the public pressure that's on, CG Project Red at the moment, it's it, it can't be an overly comfortable place to work, I suppose, until things settle down a little bit. That's why it was a difficult conversation, if I'm being totally honest, because he's a very nice guy. Uh, I consider him mm, a friend. To, yeah. But the interview we had was at a time when, uh, and he, you know, we haven't talked about this since, but I mean, it was at a time when he knew what was going on and other people did not. And he yeah. was... I'm surprised he came on the show at that time. It was sort of a testament to what a nice guy he is, but he was, we were not able to talk about too much at that time, but we got well, to talk about the book. So yeah, which is, um, you know, which in itself is, it's kind of, I mean, that's my impression of, you know, your website, the book that you've written, the, um, you know, the kind of YouTube content that you put out at the moment, it seems to be very much focused on the back end of the development side of things rather than the front end, which is what, people are going to see they're going to play and that's usually sure. the only kind of exposure that people will will have when it comes to video games it's they will go and buy a game they'll play it and they'll go well, this is terrible everyone should be fired who made this you right. know, they can't really they can't see beyond you know the actual work that goes into it so i mean is that is that kind of like a niche that you've carved out for yourself where you're 
you're looking more at the back end of things and trying to get people's stories, like you say, to to kind of put them forward to the public to say, these are the guys that actually do the hard work. They're the ones in the trenches and they're the ones that are going to be actually doing all the, you know, the actual heavy lifting to get these into stores and onto people's computers. I think so. I, I think if there's anything unusual about my perspective at all, it's that I'm a software developer. I've gone through technical training. I've done my own indie games and uh, so to me, I am able to appreciate in games other people look at and say, this wasn't for me. I can still go, God, but look what they accomplished. You know, uh, you, you can sort of imagine what goes into the smaller elements. And I'm happy to say we're getting to a point where other people are getting much better at that. The average player understands enough to go, okay, yes, they're working hard on this. It takes a team. More of that information is out there, but that's because of, you know, journalists and authors and content creators who have pulled back that curtain so we could kind of see it. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's always been the, the interesting part for me because it's, I think it's so easy for people to just go on a big old rant about, you know, how disgusting it is that they pre-ordered <laughs> something and then, you know, six months later, there's still nothing. I mean, I think me and Callum are both very much in the camp of if it takes as long as it takes to get it right, that's how long it should take. And yeah, definitely. You know, I, I think that. Sorry, man. Go on. No, 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 no. Go on. I was just going to say. I think I don't think that enough people. Um, everything that happened with um, CD Projekt Red, I wouldn't say any of that was down to the developers themselves, rather right. than the the higher ups. That this game's got to go out on time. And yeah. again, like, like Dan was about to say before, I rudely interrupted. Um, we, I draw the weight and just have a better game and a stable game. I mean, to be honest, I didn't really have many bugs and glitches when I was playing it. So I think I had maybe three, and none of them were game-breaking. They were more funny than anything mm. else. Yeah, yeah. Um, although I remember receiving a video from Dan. I think you were in a shop, and this car's just doing donuts through the wall. On <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I called for the car, and it was just, just going around in circles, yeah. just hitting people. As it was, it was a bit, it's a bit weird. But the, the thing is, though, I think that things like that, when you see them, it's yeah sure it's annoying but it's it's kind of also a testament to the the scale of the work that goes into some of these you know huge huge blockbuster games um and i mean you know in your in your kind of experience in dealing with people who may have had these kind of meteoric rises like um like max might have done you know is it where does where does the, the sort of the enjoyment begin and end you know is it when you're working in these smaller companies and you've got a lot more control maybe and you know you've got a lot more input but you know maybe it's not very secure no one's really going to see it or hear of it ever but then you get into a, a huge developer um your actual control and your input is going to be severely reduced but you've got job security you've got you know but i don't know it, it, i don't know if you'd feel that it would be your name would be kind of tarnished as having a specific thing against like was it assassin's creed unity or something like that you know, it's yeah, like unity. infamous, like, you know, really, you know, kind of almost cobbled together in a sense and then rushed out the door by the publishers. Um, you know, where do people kind of find that happy medium? Is it when they're still up and coming? You know, they might be working with smaller projects or is it when they've actually made it and they've gotten to that kind of a height? That's the magic question, really. Uh, and it's something <laughs> I've learned a lot about since I started in this sort of content creation space. I... From my perspective, I came up as a kid with really what I considered to, considered to be no shot at getting into the industry. So 
a lot of other people have much different stories. They get out of college in the right city at the right time, and they might go straight to EA. So Hmm. you have people jumping in all the way across this spectrum. And what I've learned is from talking to a lot of people, there's kind of an interesting phenomenon where the people on one side always want to see what life is like on the other side. The Indies want to be pros and the pros wish they could go indie. And it becomes about what you're willing to sacrifice. Do you want to give up control or do you want to give up, you know, job security or financial security? What can you live without? What are you willing to do? So it's in, in a way that sort of unites everyone who works in game development. And it's the source of so many interesting conversations on Twitter and Reddit and people who, you know, I made a game with my friend and like, okay, cool. I work at Gearbox. Let's talk about audio design. It's, it's kind of magical to see it, you know, but what's, what's so weird about that is on the far end, on the pro side, you see things that are locked down and strictly controlled by publishers. And they put people on these wild rides where, sorry, we announced a date of June 1st and make it happen. I don't care what happens. If you want a job on June 2nd, you make it happen. And that has led to these nightmare scenarios where even the successes have cost people their livelihoods, relationships, their sense of well-being. It's, it's a terrible thing to see. And, uh, boy, I, with a business that's started to earn that much money at that and done business at that scale, I don't know how you put the brakes on that. I want to thank the PVP podcast guys one more time. I had a lot of fun doing that. I I really do hope I can uh, jump back on with them sometime in the future. And of course you can check out their full show, their website and everything else in the show notes. If you enjoy the game dev breakdown podcast, I'd love to have you subscribe. You can check out the book on Amazon show notes at codewriteplay.com, And I am all over social media too much. So in fact, but if you want to check out at game dev pod, at Code Right Play or me, Todd Mitchell, at MechaToddZilla with one D and two L's. I would love to hear from you about topics, feedback, ideas for shows. Show me the thing you're working on. I love all that stuff. I, uh, I will keep up with as much of it as I possibly can. And in a few days, I will be back with an interview with my friend Jonathan Ovadia from XLab, who is doing really interesting work and uh, got funded in a very interesting way also that you're not going to want to miss. So check that out. In the meantime, keep doing what you're doing. Make something you love. Do something you love. And I will talk to you very soon. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>